Welcome to Practice Life, the podcast devoted to the important non-clinical issues affecting the daily practice of equine veterinary medicine. Practice Life is brought to you by the American Association of Equine Practitioners. And I'm Mike Pannell, a practice owner and veterinarian, and a longtime EAP member and your host. Beringer Ingelheim's Equine Health Solutions don't just come in the form of medicine. From our vaccine and EGUS assurance programs to our equine practice enrichment program, we offer a wide range of services dedicated to helping individual veterinarians and entire practices succeed in their business environment. To learn more about all the services we offer, contact one of our expert team members by visiting bi-vetmedica.com company contact. I'd like to welcome you to another episode of AAEP Practice Life podcast. My name is Jessica Dunbar, and on this episode, we will be chatting with members of the Sustainability Committee focusing on student and internship subcommittees. Our latest episode discussed the culture and compensation subcommittees, and we're going to cover the emergency coverage subcommittee in another episode in the future. would like to thank our friends at Beringer Ingelheim for sponsoring this podcast. First, would like to introduce my co-host, Dr. Mike Pownell. Hey, Jessica, how you doing? Doing great. I was in your neck of the woods last week. It is such an amazing part of this continent. Love it there. Colorado is pretty beautiful. It is. <laughs> Lucky to live here. Let's get to know the veterinarians we'll be chatting with today. Uh, I'd first like to introduce our internship subcommittee co-chairs. So that's Dr. Sarah Roos and Dr. Jackie Christikos. Let's start with you, Sarah. Would you like to tell us a little about yourself? Thanks for having us. So again, I am Sarah Roos. I My current role is that I'm a technical manager actually for Baringer Ingelheim, uh, but been fortunate to have been involved with the internship subcommittee since its creation in January 22. So we were actually the first of the, the subcommittees to get started. It was something I was very interested in doing because I was fortunate to have participated in an internship at Equine Medical Center Vogala that was both honestly professionally and personally rewarding to me. Those people are still my family, let alone having really kind of launched me on a successful career path. And so really that's my why for, for my participation in this subcommittee is that I would like others to, to be able to benefit from the, the same experience. That's great. Thank you. I share your feelings about my own internship. It's a pretty special year. Dr. Jackie Christikos, would you like to fill us in a little bit about yourself and where you practice? Thanks for having us. Dr. Dunbar and I are neighbors. I don't know if you guys know that, but we also practice together at Littleton Equine Medical Center. I'm a shareholding partner and veterinarian, and I uh, did my internship at Littleton Equine about uh, 11 years ago, and it was foundational for me in my career. And so that's what really inspired when this uh, opportunity came up. I felt pretty passionate to get involved because I think uh, the internship experience for me set me up for the rest of my career. So uh, Dr. Ruth, like she said, uh, and I have been co-chairing this since we started in 2022, and we have lots of work to go, but are pretty excited to share what we've been working on. That's great. I can't wait to chat more about what you are working on. Dr. Rhonda Rathgaber is with us as well, and she is a co-chair of the student subcommittee. Her co-chair is Dr. Scott Toppin, who uh, was uh, unable to join us today, but grateful to both of you for co-chairing this committee. 
Rhonda, would you mind filling us in a little bit about yourself? Ditto what everyone said. Thank you for doing this podcast and letting everyone know what's been going on. I have been practicing, can we just say maybe a little bit longer than the other two previous <laughs> guests? I work in central Kentucky at Haggard Equine Medical Institute. I've been there 29 years and loving every minute of it. I coordinated the internship program at Haggard's for 17 years. Just have always been really passionate about connecting with students and helping them learn and navigate those first few years of school. I have been working with Dr. Chopin on the student committee and feel like we've been getting a lot done. Wonderful. Well, I love our topic today, talking about students and internships. So let's get started. So Mike, I'll pass it off to you. Yeah, thank you. And and thank you all for joining us this afternoon, evening. Sarah, we'll start with you. With the internship subcommittee, what really is the charter? What is the goal of that subcommittee? I don't want to just read aloud, but I will actually read you our mission statement because I think it's probably an organized way to to present our thoughts and, and kind of where we're going with it. So our overall mission is to foster a transparent and ethical internship program that facilitates quality education of recent veterinary graduates while creating benefits and career longevity for both the intern and the practice. I realize that's a little bit of a mouthful, but really we're just trying to make it better for everyone, I think, at the end of the day. And we're trying very hard to not have blinders on and to look at it from all perspectives. So obviously our, our primary audience or probably our biggest stakeholder in this is the student and the perspective and current intern. But we just want to make sure that everything that we're suggesting and working on, that we're taking into account the perspective of practice owners, that we're not making things so good for interns that current associates are kind of left you know, holding the short end of the stick. And, and then obviously taking into account just the industry as a whole and horse owners. Uh, so really just trying to look at it from, from all aspects of that internship uh, and how we can make that the best experience for everyone to then launch them into hopefully a long-lasting career in equine medicine. Yeah, quick question. Is something you said there, you talked about practice owners or practices. Is this also going to get involved with academic internships? Yeah, that's a, a great question. And you know, I know we'll talk in a second about who all is on our subcommittee, but purposely we do have uh, Dr. Michelle Barton, uh, who is at University of Georgia, was very specifically added to our subcommittee right. as a member of academia. You know, obviously for people who are familiar, the academic internships do often go through the match. Some of them do, some of them don't. Our system, we are not suggesting that we are going to put all internships through the match, but at least in terms of some of the concepts and, and best practices that we're going to talk about, at least in our opinion, those should apply to, to any internship that is in equine practice. Thanks. And Rhonda, talk to us about the goals of the student committee. Sure. So the student subcommittee charge is to go through all of AAP's current student activities and decide if they're still relevant and still what the students want to hear about, both educational as well as chapter assistance programs. We have come up with some recommendations for how to keep improving the student perceptions of equine practice and how to keep gauging their interest and pulling them in to expose them to equine practice. Also providing assistance to those who want to evaluate internships and externships for the students, having a platform for them to do that. Determining the type of support that the AAP needs to help the chapters and ensure that the student members get the most out of their chapter membership. 
That's great. Thank you, Rhonda. Let's uh, hear who makes up each of these uh, subcommittees. So Jackie, would you mind filling us in on who who's in your group? Yeah, of course. We have a pretty diverse group and a pretty big one. And, and we did that intentionally to try to get as many different perspectives as we could in this process. So obviously, Dr. Roos and I are chairing the committee and have both had a really good internship experience, but have pretty different paths for our careers. And uh, from there, Dr. Michelle Barton, who is at um, Georgia in academia, Dr. Rachel Leitman, who is in Arizona, working at a practice there. She's also an internist. Uh, Dr. Zach Lapsnow, who is doing a residency, a surgery residency, and has done several internships. So it felt like had a lot of experience on the topic. Um, Dr. Jesse Taima, a surgeon on the East Coast, and a student, sort of just going through our list, uh, Tori Martin, um, which was really cool because it, we felt like it's important to have a student perspective in there. She can't always make it to our meetings because of her rigorous schedule, but that's been really helpful to have her give us a student perspective. I think it is quite different from even when I graduated, which as uh, Dr. Rathgaver said, is not that long ago, um, but still quite a different experience. Um, along with Dr. Ernie Martinez, who is in Central Kentucky, Dr. Ellen Staples is a private practitioner in Florida with her own kind of new ambulatory practice, younger practitioner. And then uh, Dr. Katie Garrett acts as our board liaison to kind of help give us the input back and forth. We just also added a member from the student subcommittee. We kind of stole her. She's awesome. Dr. Crystal Lee, she practices in the Calgary area and has also given us insight from a practice owner perspective, along with our staff liaisons that makes up our group. And we were pretty intentional about putting that together and trying to have everyone well represented. That's great. I think that's a nice, diverse group. And Rhonda, could you fill us in on the student subcommittee? Who makes up that committee? So as mentioned before, Dr. Scott Toppin co-chairs the committee with me. And he, like myself, is very passionate about getting the right message to the students that are considering equine practice. We, Our officer liaison is Dr. Tracy Turner, who's been wonderful. He kind of gives us a historical perspective on the AAP student relations. And our subcommittee um, members are Liz Arbedier. She's at University of Penn. And similar to the internship group, we have a very diverse group. We cover a lot of area. So Dr. Crystal Lee is from Canada and the liaison for the internship committee. Uh, we have Dr. Eleanor Green, who brings a lot of experience to the table. And we have Dr. Kelly Vogel, Dr. Alan Goldham, Dr. Paul Schultz, Greg Schmidt, Holly Stewart, Sarah Tufts, Zoe Williams. Elia Hernandez and JC Boggs. And then Shelby Mosley is our AEP student coordinator, keeps us all straight. That is a lot of members. It is a big committee, yes. Like most committees, it's good to have a broad group of opinions, though. And we also, like the internship committee, have student liaisons. We met with the student chapter presidents at AEP, which was very informative. And we have some coming to our in-person meeting in June. So Rhonda, a question, just as you're talking and both Sarah and Jackie talking, it's like, how much overlap or how much communication is between the two subcommittees? Because I know when we were talking with the compensation and culture subcommittees in the last podcast, 
I mean, it's almost two sides of the same coin. Like you can't have one without the other and you can't have internships without students. So how much overlap or how much communication goes on between the two subcommittees? I think um, Crystal Lee gives us uh, the notes from the internship committees and tells us what they're doing so we don't overlap. For example, we had the core competencies, which we were going to start working on. And I think the internship committee had taken that and already done some of that work. There definitely is some overlap, but I feel like we've worked together pretty easily. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's so true, Dr. Ponell, that, you know, the student and the internship thing kind of go hand in hand. And so we've tried to work together to sort of be moving in parallel, but not reinventing the wheel of what the other groups are working on. And and then one of the great things about this overarching committee is that we periodically have emails that update us about what the other groups are doing. There's actually going to be a meeting with all of the subcommittees in Kentucky this summer so that everyone can make sure we're staying on the same page and that our messaging is consistent of the things that we're working on. I think there's a lot of overlap, but I think in a good way in that we're working together to try to see all of the perspectives. That's wonderful. So Sarah, we'll start with you. You've been together, I think you said January, 2022. Your list of accomplishments must be long, but what you want to do is probably even longer. We'll get to that in a bit. So maybe you can just start telling what your subcommittee has been able to accomplish so far. I think you said it very well there. It's a long list, but we have been chipping away at it. And honestly, I can't say enough about all of the members that Jackie just listed off because this subcommittee has been been full of a lot of workhorses uh, that have really gotten a lot done. And we do have the benefit of, of, like I said, having a little bit of a head start versus some of the other subcommittees. A couple of things that we started with, so we actually started with a survey that was sent out to interns from the past five years, just kind of get a, a level set and honestly have some metrics by which hopefully we can show that things do improve over the next several years. And I will be honest, those survey results were sobering. I don't think surprising necessarily, but again, kind of gave us a good idea that at least the things that as a subcommittee that we started talking about that we needed to work on were reflected by the survey results as well. And and a lot of that was things about culture and balance and work hours and, and the things that one would anticipate. So then we kind of started digging into a few things and some things are just about done and other things are just picking up. The things that we've really gotten pretty well done at this point and are starting to be reflected in uh, various AP things, whether that's the the SPUR newsletter or starting to get put out onto the AP website, uh, are the best practices guidelines. Uh, and so, again, we've spent a long time kind of going through best case scenario, what are things that prospective interns and students should be talking to practices about, what should practices be offering I think we should probably back up for a second and say two things. One, we know that we don't necessarily have regulatory authority in any of these things, nor do we expect that any practice is necessarily going to be able to meet every single one of these best practices guidelines. They're really kind of just fuel for conversation and that recognition that we keep trying to put forward that also full disclosure, not every student should or can or will do an internship. You know, there are other successful paths to equine practice. And that not every internship is right for every person, uh, that, that it's a very personalized experience. And so, so really those best practices guidelines are just really questions and, and things that people should be thinking about from all sides of the table to, to have those conversations. Uh, we boiled those down to some red flags, green flags. Uh, so again, kind of things that immediately if a practice says to a, a student or prospective intern, you know, should kind of raise that little red flag, like, hey, maybe I need to think more about this particular program for me. 
versus things that are, again, that green flag, I guess, this program seems to really be kind of more forward thinking. So we've put those out in a couple of different formats. We had the benefit of, again, having some time to get some of those things out and, and organized them together, even for AP convention this past year in San Antonio. So we were able to have those for the, the traditional avenues night uh, that happens at AP convention every year. We were able to provide both those red flags, green flags, as well as just some other questions uh, to help people who maybe don't really know what to ask, you know, especially some of the, the first and second year students that aren't even sure where to start with some of these questions. The other benefit, again, of, of having some of these things and having had some time to, to talk about a lot of different uh, ideas going forward is that we also have had the opportunity to host several roundtables, again, both in person at AP convention, as well as a couple of different virtual uh, meetings that we've been able to have with the, the greater public to, again, just hear the feedback uh, and the, the questions and concerns from all parties. Kind of our next few projects going forward that we really started to dig into are that our ultimate goal is to have standardized program listings as well as a standardized application for the students to fill out. And so again, this is not going to be the match, but again, kind of using some of those same ideas that you know every practice will have to provide the same information so that again, a student or prospective intern can be comparing apples to apples uh, versus getting kind of splatterings of information that make it really hard to, to compare one program to another. And then again, the, there'll also be a standardized application so that the student prospective intern won't have to be you know, kind of keeping track of sending 8,000 different materials to, to 20 different practices. And did I send the wrong cover letter to, to this practice and awkwardly have the wrong title on it? So all of those, we have them fairly well crafted out. As some of you may or may not know, the AAP website is undergoing a total rebuild. So some of it we're waiting uh, you know, with web design to, to get it rolled out. So the actual standardized listings will be part of really the, the AP offerings for the next application cycle. Um, really just because of website limitations, we're not necessarily able to have that totally out now, although we're starting to roll out that information for people so they can start to see you know, what it is that we're going to ask them to actually collect. And again, give us feedback on it's too much, it's not enough. I wish you would also have asked X, Y, or Z. So the, the benefit of us taking about a year now to, to roll out those standardized forms will be, again, just that we're planning a bunch of different ways to, to try and get feedback on things. Great. Rhonda, let's uh, shift over to the student committee. What, what has your committee accomplished so far this year? And then we'll shift to what the goal is for the remainder of the year. We are a little newer, only started last fall, newer than the internship committee. Our biggest goal is to increase the number of students entering equine practice. And so we kind of looked at it from three different levels. We looked at it from the pre-vet level and trying to encourage and develop those type of programs and experiences. And then from the veterinary student level, we also did a veterinary student survey, which we hope to have back by the end of the semester and go over, it'll be a big topic of discussion at our in-person meeting in June. So we haven't seen those results yet. It took us a while to get to hone down on the questions we wanted to ask, but we did get that sent out and should have those results in the next, I don't know, month or so. One of the other things we wanted to do was try and get a speakers bureau. The best thing that has come out of the AAP is all the people that say, what can I do to help? And they have been just really willing to go out and talk positively and improve the image, give the current facts of equine practice, but talk about a positive message and all the things that are being done to change equine practice and 
make it better and make it sustainable. We also have ideas for our skills, whether it be clinical or non-clinical workshops for the students. Historically, the AP has done a podiatry and a dental lab at some of the different student chapters, and that those are very positive and probably still be requested. I think that there's some other some other things that we could support other workshops that we could help to do to support them during vet school. Uh, we were also wanting to increase our relations with the faculty advisors of each student chapter. I know COVID gets blamed for everything now, but there had been in recent years due to multiple of things, uh, kind of a disconnect between who was still at what university and who the faculty advisor was. Those things change and it's not always reported to the AAP. So we divided and conquered and tried to get in touch with every single student chapter of AAP. And some are super active and have a really involved and engaged faculty member and some do not. So we tried to rewrite the faculty advisor guidelines and tried to spread the load of the work out on a faculty advisor and maybe a resident or someone younger to try and help spread the workload and make it a more positive experience. Uh, we redid the faculty advisor guidelines and sent those out to the guidelines and then just tried to call all of them and follow up on it. And that's been a huge task. It's been a huge task just to get the right faculty advisor for every single club. Uh, but we're getting there. I think that's it. You know, we're also trying to encourage students to participate in the annual conference and the avenues and rebrand some of the, the decade one and the starting gate and some of those programs for early graduates to try and get the word out. I think partially a lot of people don't even know about it, you know, and the goal of our relations is to help the students connect. I think once the students have a community, it makes them feel stronger and more positive and more able to get through it all with their community, trying to connect them and teach them how to network and try and help them network and learn. I think that idea of a community is a great one. I think as people, you know, can share across the nation, that would be really beneficial for sure. I don't know about you, Jessica. I'm exhausted listening to it because that's these subcommittees do a lot of work, like a lot of work. You've been busy. Yeah. That student survey you referenced will be so valuable. It'll be really nice to hear from that student group. Thank you, Rhonda. Sure. I, I got a lot of insights from the last time we, we recorded this with the subcommittees, and that is what has been your biggest surprise from being on the subcommittee? whether it's the information from surveys, the insights from other committee members, feedback from peers, you know, what has been some of that made you stand back and go, I had no idea and I'm so glad I'm working on this subcommittee. So we'll start with you, Jackie. Okay, so one of the things that was most surprising was after going through our survey results of the last five years of interns that we sort of did as the beginning step in the formation of our subcommittee was there were a lot of things that folks that had done internships felt could have been done better. Yet almost 70% of them said they would recommend their internship experience to a new graduate. So that was pretty exciting to me that the seeing, even though there's lots of things we could be doing better, people still felt that that experience was worth it to them and gave them opportunities and skills that they may not have otherwise had. So that was one of the big things for me in our initial findings of, wow, this is why it's so important because we can make this even better. Maybe we'd have 100% of people that said that they would do it again. 
Great. How about yourself, Sarah? Yeah, I totally agree with everything that, that Jackie just said. The passion is, it's inspiring how many people, you know, immediately raise their hand and say, yes, you know, please, how can I help? What can I do? Uh, I think, you know, specifically to, to the intern subcommittee and, and some of the conversations we've heard or, or been a part of, I think the, the pleasant surprise of that people are open to change. You know, I think there's always been this perception of like things are this way because I walked uphill in the snow, both directions, you know, barefoot facing killer mountain goats. And that perception, I think, is going away or, or there's at least more, again, awareness of, okay, maybe that wasn't the best learning environment or what are the pieces of that that we can take so that we are still giving people the skills that they need, but in a more supportive educational, you know, uplifting sort of a way. And and that everyone across the board really seems open to that. And I think one of the things that has been nice is even as we've talked about things like work hours and salaries, that a people are open to improving those things, but that honestly, for a lot of the students and prospective interns, those aren't even the first things that they want to talk about. Um, you know, a lot of it is more culture and mentorship and support, and not that those things are necessarily free or easy to change, but are maybe easier to change. And at least things that I think practices really can just look at internally. And again, it doesn't mean that they have to, you know, go out and build a whole new hospital facility with a bunch of toys to, to recruit interns. But if they can, again, just show that that their culture across the board from their staff to their veterinarians, to their front office, to how they're uh, dealing with externs and interns can, can be really game-changing for them without necessarily huge you know, financial input. And finally, Rhonda, what has been the biggest aha moment for you or surprise from you know, your time on the subcommittee? Well, I would reiterate what both Jackie and Sarah said, that the enthusiasm and the passion that everyone has and the willingness to help practices all over the country have, you know, had open houses for their alma mater, for the local veterinary school. They've opened their doors and they've tried to help our image unprompted. I think that's happening all over the country. And that's been really inspiring. First of all, I think my biggest wow moment was talking to, I talked to about eight veterinary schools last year. And my biggest wow moment is like, they really want to talk to you. Like they want to talk equine practice and they want someone to ask all their questions and ask, is it really true? Is it really this bad? Can you still have kids and have a career? Can you still have a life and have a career? Can you own a horse? They're scared and they need someone to talk to. And it's been really cool to me and fun for me to connect with them and have them, they will text me and they'll email and they come, they come and visit. And it's been great. Our visiting, and I'm sure it's all over, all over, but the student visitors has just exploded for us, which is a really good thing and been really fun. Excellent. So what I'm hearing about the aha moments from the three of you is equine veterinarians as a whole, we are a passionate group uh, and we care about this profession and its future. And that means we care about the students and the interns and making worthwhile experiences for them. Love that we're focusing on this. Let's go ahead and talk about what we're going or what you're aiming to accomplish the remainder of the year. Jackie, would you like to chat about that? Sure, I can share. We are always trying to drive forward on the timeline, but are a little bit waiting for a website update through AEP, which woohoo, everyone should be excited about that. 
But what we would like to do is sort of uh, glow up the AAP Avenue's website. And for people listening that don't know what that is, that's where uh, practices that are part of it, the posting there, put, you know, their program description, uh, where they are, what their practice does, those sort of things. And has been functional. It, it just doesn't have some of the bells and whistles that we would like it to. Like we'd like it to be searchable. We'd like to compare, have students uh, be able to compare programs and look at them side by side and those kind of things. Now, how many of our wishes we get, we're not quite sure yet, but the goal is to make this a really functional, up-to-date place to have most of the equine opportunity uh, internships listed and have everybody kind of giving all of the same information, right, about their program. So it can be really apples to apples comparison and be as transparent as possible in this process of the last year plus for us. That's the thing that's probably come up more than anything is it doesn't have to be a one size fits all program because some folks are looking for different things. It just needs to be a very accurate representation of what the program truly is. Basically, so you know what you're signing up for because when the expectations aren't being accurately portrayed, you end up missing as far as what was expected from both parties. So that's one of our big goals in this upcoming season is to get all of our materials ready and start presenting some of that information to our practices already involved in the Avenues program so they can be ready to say, okay, these are the things we're going to be asked to provide. And some of that is going to be what they already provide. Some of it's going to be a little different information just to try to get a little more detail for the people that are looking. Um, so that's very high on our agenda. We also are just finishing up some documents to get them into a final version, just like our best practices, which really came from how can you define what a good internship good in quotation for that each individual is, right? What are some global characteristics that make an internship a good experience and a great learning opportunity. And one of the things that kind of developed out of that too is a new set of core competencies. And so instead of a checklist that says, these are the technical things you should be doing in an internship, it is instead, these are the doctor professional qualities that make you really great when you finish this program. And these are the milestones that you need to be uh, measuring to say, am I getting there as this professional, uh, human, uh, great communicator doctor that I want to be after my internship program? So looking for those to be coming out to our membership so everyone can use them as resources as an ongoing process. Um, and from there, sort of just then communicating it and getting it out there and getting people used to using the new system with we're hoping next year's cycle can be our first to to go use this sort of tweak on the posting. But uh, as we all know, technology moves at its own pace. So we'll see how that goes. But that's really driving us forward right now It's to make that application process more standard across the board and easier to access for anyone that's interested. I like that you're, you've put together the core competencies just so we can target, make sure we're helping our interns along as much as possible. That'll be nice to have a standard <laughs> list of those. Rhonda, would you mind going through what your subcommittee aims to accomplish the rest of this year? We have our meeting in June with our surveys, and so that list is pending a little bit. Obviously, our biggest goal is to try and get increase the presence of AAP student chapter members and increase the membership. 
I guess my biggest goal would be to increase the satisfaction of students in the AAP and in their exposure to equine medicine and practice. I feel like a lot of students come out of school and aren't comfortable doing a lot of things that I think we could do better helping them get comfortable with equine skills before they get out and during their internship. Um, and likewise, increasing the practices satisfaction with the, the equine students that are produced via the workshops, via just getting the hands-on experience and via the speakers bureau to try and get in front of the students. And I feel like we have plenty of people that are willing to to help. We just need to need to keep doing it. So I just wanted to say that the Sustainability Commission's sort of tagline has been changing the numbers, right? And and that can be from a variety of different angles. But I feel like we're starting to see that change. Two years ago at convention, I felt very kind of downtrodden of, you know, our numbers and people don't want to be horse vets. And that's so sad because I love being a horse vet. And so now it starts, it's starting to feel like the tide is changing and not because we aren't representing it as honestly or not more honestly than we ever have been, but because we are out there saying it's tough and it's awesome and we're always trying to be better and there's nothing cooler than being a horse doctor. And so please come join us and ask us about how it is possible and it is a great career path. And and so this year feels a little more hopeful to me that we're starting to see those changes and we're starting to, like Dr. Rathaber said, all of our externship slots are filled for this year. People are seeming to be interested and want to show up and see what it's about. That doesn't mean they have to choose this path, but we're just really glad that they seem to be more open to giving it another chance because it really is amazing if you can find the right path for yourself. I was just going to add one plug, <laughs> uh, which is obviously in both of these subcommittees are fairly large subcommittees, but we also recognize we couldn't include everyone who has even expressed an interest in it. And so I guess two things. One, if you are interested in being involved, make sure you fill out your volunteer interest form uh, so that you can be considered for future subcommittee and committee involvement. But even if you don't have an official role, I think one of the beauties of, again, the size of these various subcommittees is hopefully you know or feel comfortable reaching out to any one of us. So again, whether you are an individual who has an idea, feedback, some something that maybe hasn't been talked about, please reach out to us. Or, or again, we also know that there's lots of you know other you know, groups and organizations that are also all working on similar initiatives. And, and just like we want to be working well with the student subcommittee, I think this whole commission on sustainability, we want to be working with whatever other you know equine industry partners are out there doing similar things. Uh, and so we certainly don't want to be reinventing the wheel or or negating each other's efforts. Uh, so I just say is that again, really for anyone who's who's got ideas or or feedback or or working on things, you know, reach out to any one of us so that we can make sure we're all trying to to do the best for everyone. This is so exciting because just imagine, you know, we're talking here, we're recording this at the beginning of May. I'm sure by the time the the convention shows up in end of November, beginning of December in San Diego, all of you are going to have so much more to share. So this is just a blast. So thank you all for what you're doing for the membership and for the future of our profession. I think it's it takes a village for sure. And it's just, you know, when you've mentioned before, just the enthusiasm of everybody across um, North America wanting to help out is wonderful. So thank you all. Thank you. Yeah, before we sign out, just again, want to thank Barringer Engelheim just because without their support, talking about needing support, 
uh, this podcast wouldn't be possible. So thank you to them and thank you. For more resources to help you in daily practice, please visit the AAP's website at aaep.org. Beringer Ingelheim's Equine Health Solutions don't just come in the form of medicine. From our vaccine and EGUS assurance programs to our equine practice enrichment program, we offer a wide range of services dedicated to helping individual veterinarians and entire practices succeed in their business environment. To learn more about all the services we offer, contact one of our expert team members by visiting bi-vetmedica.com slash company slash contact.